The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. Good morning, America. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, or STUV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers who are in the house, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty Radio Show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left. I know some people are still caught up into that in the chat, even this morning. Uh, but who's on the straight and narrow? I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina. The editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warned you about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us here on Thursday morning. If you would like to check us out online, please do so, SonsOfLibertyRadio.com and also SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, head over to SonsOfLibertyMedia.com and scroll down right on the right side of the page. There we'll be going live uh, we're the second video under there. Bradley's going to be the top one. Uh, his replay from yesterday is there, as well as when he goes live today at 3 p.m., you'll be able to see him there as well. Again, some of you have asked where I was a couple of mornings. I, I told I told you guys the other day, I said I was going to try to not be on YouTube, except maybe to do the live show, cut it off, and then always check it out at sonsoflibertymedia.com. The only reason is there are some people that are targeting just me, uh, I have an idea it's some paid little useful idiots out of the UK, and that's okay. Um, but always go to sonsoflibertymedia.com. I'll be there just like Bradley is, right there on the right side of the page. And I archive the show in one of the articles every day, too, so you'll be able to find that. Um, you can also watch that live video feed on Bradley's Twitter account at BradleyDean1. Our Periscope and Twitch accounts are Setting Brush Fires. Facebook is BradleyDeanSOL. On YouTube, just look up Bradley Dean. Um, Bradley with two E's. Dean on YouTube. You can also catch us on BeforeIt'sNews.com. And then DLive.TV at The Sons of Liberty. Um, before we bring on our guests here, let me let you know, if you want to call in, you got a comment or a question for our guests. So we got two this morning. Um, 215-TOP-TALK, 215-867-8255 if you want to call in. Not Chinese Buffet. We're talking about examples of how the Constitution militia are used to execute the law and restore liberty uh, here in the United States. So if you if you want to talk about that topic, please call in. Love to hear from you. Really would. And um, also, we don't, again, hold our hand for money and stuff. We do let you know we have needs. If you would like to help support the Sons of Liberty, go over to sonsoflibertymedia.com. There is a donate button right on the top of the page. You can click on that and make a one-time donation if you feel led to do so. And if you would like to partner with us monthly, 
You can set it up once as painless and give every month without having to do anything. You can become a son or daughter of Liberty. You get some discounts in the store. Uh, we give you a couple of items and uh, and you help us out a lot. And then if you want to buy something in our store, we got t-shirts, dog tags, books, uh, music, all kinds of stuff in there. That helps us out as well, and you get a benefit of something also. And then finally, um, if you want to, sign up. Put your email in on the on the right side of the page on sonsoflibertymedia.com, just above where the videos are. And uh, we promise not to spam you, sell it, rent it, any of that kind of stuff. We send out one email a day, and that's just our articles that we carry here at sonsoflibertymedia.com. And if you want to keep up with all that we're doing there, just head over there and uh, put in your email. Now, with that said, second time this week, we're having Captain Carl with us, and we're happy that he's joined us. And uh, we had him and his daughter Tracy on on Tuesday. And today we're going to be talking, continuing to talk about militia. I really think this is one of the issues that is an answer to what many of you are asking. You're saying, what can I do? I see it all the time. I see it on my show. I see it on Bradley's show. And I think... That's the right answer. That, that's the right question to be a- asking. What can we do? Because we've been conditioned that our response is, well, we can vote somebody in. As though that's been working for, I don't know, nearly 200 years. It hasn't. We've been going down the road of socialism since the time of Lincoln. All right, We just have. We've been moving more and more towards the full-on Marxism um, that, we, that those of you who joined this chat... Uh, and listen to this radio show, complain about. Well, you are the solution. You're the constitutional solution. Um, the guys you vote for, not the constitutional solution. The president has the um, duty, yay, the responsibility, to call the people up to enforce the law. It's not the guys in blue. It's not um, your state troopers. It's not uh, your, your fed coats, as uh, Captain Carl calls them, uh, the FBI, the CIA, the NSA. It's not any of those guys' responsibility to enforce the law. It is the people's. And that comes straight out of our Constitution here, right? It's in Article 1, Section 8, Clause 15. to provide. This is Congress's duty to provide for calling forth the militia, not the National Guard, which is a federalized militia, they didn't have that in mind at all. It's not the military. It's not any of those people I mentioned before. The militia to execute the laws of the Union, to suppress insurrections, and to repel invasions. That's whose job it is to do all of that. And so this is why we bring back Carl, uh, Captain Carl constantly, because I think this he has a lot of knowledge about a lot of other things that I we've talked about the, the Fed and money and stuff like that, too because his main thing is as an economist. But we bring him back because this right here, this is the answer. Like it or not, this is the answer. And with that said, I want to welcome back to the Sons of Liberty, Captain Carl Koenig. Good morning. Very good, Tim. Thank you very much. I always appreciate being on your show because probably the most important thing after the Lord our God is the American people being educated about the rule of law and the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, and also the first law of all in U.S. Code, which is the currently existing first law in U.S. Code, is the Declaration of Independence. And the Declaration of Independence is the only thing that makes the Constitution or the Bill of Rights make any sense whatsoever. Without the Declaration of Independence, 
they are meaningless. They, they are worthless words. So you need to read all three of those together to completely understand everything. And when you do that, you, I just want to say this just real quickly. Uh, when you read that, you begin to realize by reading the Declaration of Independence first, you realize that God is a major part, probably the major part of America. And, uh, and what, and, and we are, a, we are a Christian based, uh, society. Um, okay. With that, I want to, uh, bring on board, uh, my, my, my dear friend and colleague, uh, he's with the American Militia Freedom Forces. He's with my A-team unit. Um, we, uh, assembled in Malheur. Uh, we were elected in, uh, in Malheur, I was elected the captain of what was called the Alpha Team or the A Team out there. Um, and uh, uh, just real briefly, we're going to get into it far deeper here. But uh, we we did take over the Malheur Wildlife Refuge, and why did we do that? We did that in in protest of the double jeopardy of the Dwight and Steve Hammond. That was the first item. Uh, we don't believe that. Americans should be put in double jeopardy since our laws specifically state against double jeopardy. Second of all, um, they were arrested by the Fedcoats because they had backburned some land, some of their land and it went over their fence line. Why were they backburning? They were backburning because the Bureau of Land Management, another Fedcoat agency that according to the 10th Amendment law, is not authorized to even exist in the first place, okay, because all powers are reserved to the states respectively or to the people. So they backburned. It went a few acres beyond. It was all in the wilderness. It didn't hurt anything. As a matter of fact, the truth of the matter is it actually improved the land and brought back a lush from the land that wasn't there before. Uh, but the Fed coats arrested them because it went on to what they call BLM land, there's no such thing. It's completely against seven constitutional laws in the Constitution. We can talk about those later. Um, also, uh, I met Bran uh, at the top of what is called uh, Camp Bunker Hill. And at, at that place, uh, there were a whole bunch of militia troops there, volunteer militia from all over the country, uh, who came there to enforce the rule of law, to execute the laws of the Union, and enforce the laws, the seven constitutional laws that don't allow the BOM or the U.S. government to own any land in any territory that's been transformed by Act of Congress into a free, independent, and sovereign country, which we call a state. If you go back to the first law in U.S. Code, you'll find out that our, you know, the, the 13 original uh, countries, uh, they were free, independent, and sovereign, and according to the Equal Footing Doctrine, all states are free, independent, and sovereign countries that, quote, form a more perfect union, end quote. And the free, independent, and sovereign countries created something called this, this, what we'll call the central government or the federal government. And they have authority over that government. The states are supposed to be controlling the U.S. government. The U.S. government is not supposed to be controlling the states. That's one of the reasons why... According to the Supreme, many cases at the Supreme Court, income taxes nor employer taxes apply to the American people so that the states and we the people 
have the financing and, and the money that we need to buy whatever it is that we want, including healthcare, including retirement, and, and live very, very well. Right now, our paychecks are supposed to be double whatever they are. So if you're making a $1,000 paycheck a week, you're literally supposed to be making $2,000 a week. Okay, and that's supposed to cover your, you know, what you use for Social Security now and Medicare and uh, cover your health. But anyways, getting back to the, I met Brand at the top of Camp Bunker Hill uh, with all these other militia guys. And I had just recently come in and, and uh, he introduced himself and and uh, I was talking to him about various things. And, um, and then later on, we became closer friends and became to know each other a lot more. Uh, when we took over the Malheur Wildlife Refuge with the with the with the Ammon and Ryan Bundy Lavoie Finnecum was there, Constitutional Patriot Lavoie Finnecum, we were all constitutionalists there. That's why we were there. We were there to execute the laws of the union. Um, and so, uh, uh, Brand, why don't we talk first a little bit about um, the Bundy Ranch situation and what that was all about. Let, you know, take us right from the beginning a little bit there. And then let's go on into some of the stories that you'd probably like to tell and uh, what we did there. And then then I definitely want to go on to Malheur and things like Hillary Clinton, uh, Uranium One, uh, and go into those sorts of things. But let's take kind of a step at it. Let's kind of build it up from the beginning chronologically. And Brand, by the Brand, by the way, welcome to the Sons of Liberty, man. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> yes, thank sir. you very much. Uh-huh. Well, uh, you know, the Bundy Ranch was uh has turned into be pretty iconic for uh liberty loving people in uh the militia. Uh something happened there that hadn't happened since seventeen seventy six. And that is where, you know, the unorganized militia literally ran off uh, over 200 federal agents and put them on the run and was able to secure that ranch. Well, for me, it start, it had started, uh, you know, like a few days before I'd heard about it, saw it in the news, something of that nature. And I had a close friend that was staying with me at the time, uh, former Lieutenant Colonel Roy Potter, and uh, I got up one morning and we started talking about it and we decided to head out and go there and see what we could do. And uh, Roy is uh, is Jewish and so am I. So we got there and we performed some of the ancient ordinances, uh, blowing the shofar and uh, doing some prayers. And, uh, you know, uh, people were really excited to see us. And we did it in three different places. And from that point on, only thing I did was blow the shofar, the trump, the trump of God, and uh, it was extremely spiritual. Virtually everybody that was there said they've never felt a spirit like that at any time in their life. Um, it was uh, amazing to see the cowboys, and they're right up on the hill, and the, you know the horseless rider, um, and uh, there was just a lot of neat things that took place that was uh, pro-American, uh, pro-Constitution, and uh, it ended up culminating. Uh, right, down right. Just real quick, what's a horseless rider? I don't know if I heard of that. Horseless rider? Um, it's, uh, from what I understand, is when a, uh, a battle has taken place and uh, the uh, rider gets hurt, gets shot, gets killed, and his, and his horse continu- continues on. Oh, that, did I say, actually, that- it's a riderless horse, wouldn't that be? I think yeah. I said it wrong. 
What wasn't that at the funeral of our honorable and noble constitutional patriot Lavoie Finnecum? Is that the one that you're well? There's no. I'm referring to the went up the last horse that went up on the hill did not have a rider. Uh, I remember that. I remember that. Yeah. So right. anyhow, uh, so we ended up at the Tokoff Wash uh, where the BLM had a compound and had, uh, you know, secured the cattle away, violating a whole bunch of uh, even their own court order, which was, was, was totally fraudulent. But they went way, uh, way beyond that and killing cattle, um, tearing up infrastructure that had been in there for over 100 years. Uh, Cliven's infrastructure to uh, make sure the cattle had water. Uh, it's a very arid area, and there are springs that are right at the top of the, uh, the Arizona Strip, which is Bunker Mountain. And over, like some, like 130 years, they've been building this infrastructure for the for water uh, for the cattle, and not only the cattle, which is amazing to me, but there's an endangered flycatcher there, but they didn't care about that. There was a herd of desert bighorn sheep, which are closely uh, regulated, and they're all gone. But, so they pretty much wiped out the wildlife, not just the cattle. So <clears throat> anyhow. Um, no, no, at the time, um, Cliven was one of only two ranches left standing. In fact, one of the ranches, mostly in another state, but he has some land, I mean, another county but he has a little bit of grazing land in uh, Clark County. So you could virtually say that Cliven is the last rancher standing out of like 54 or 55 ranchers at the time. And when you're talking about them killing cattle, they're literally using a helicopter to shoot them and literally killing those cattle from the helicopter and, and, and putting them in, in a mass grave site that they had dug. Yeah, and I think they were. I think they were also trying to uh, at the time they were trying to cover that up. No pun intended about the other. They they were trying. (laughs) They were literally trying to cover it up and say, no, 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 we didn't do that. And then we got all the photos of all of the uh, the cattle that they had killed. Um, And from what we understand, uh, when I talked with Ryan when he was on the show, uh, and, and Carl, you had said this as well that the feds had more than cattle they were looking to kill as well. Oh, indubitably. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Brandon, I'm going to have you get into the to the Wooten Memo one just briefly, uh, which is where we found out that they had a kill, you know, a kill list. Yeah. And, and pretty obviously, they were like a lot of the Bundy Ranch family, right? And then, yeah. Then probably some of us as well. Uh, but we also wonder if it might be, you know, some number of the three thousand men, women, and children that were there protesting in support of the Constitution. And in support of the Bundy Ranch, um, but uh, yeah. So um, once you go, I tell you what. Once you go ahead and tell them about the the Wooten memo, if you could. Okay, Larry Wooten was a high-ranking BLM uh, agent that was helping in the investigation. Interesting enough, he is also Mormon, and he was familiar with that kill list, which uh, was to kill the Mormons and anybody anybody supported the Mormons. And so he was privy to that, and I, we're pretty sure that all that information is Larry Wooten Memo 2, because Larry Wooten Memo 2, which is still to this day, has not come out. They keep it, uh, you know, it's under lock and key, but uh, it is makes the first one 
um, look like a picnic. In fact, they've said the Larry Wooten memo too. The the one attorney who saw it said it it it's nuclear uh, compared to Larry Wooten memo one. We did manage, even though it was under a supposed gag order, but we did manage to leak out Larry Wooten memo one. That's pretty long. I know it's at least eight pages, maybe twelve pages long, of all the horrors of yeah. the state. Uh, specifically in this case, well, no, there were several different organizations listed in there. The, the API was listed in there. The ATF was listed in there. There were there. Um, the Department of Justice was there. And, of course, the BLM was there. And they had the 213 battlefield dress agents with uh, fully automatic weapons and mm-hmm. sniper rifles and professional, you know, regular trained sniper teams up on uh, up on a mountain uh top there um looking more down mesa more mesa mesa that's it well let, let, it, let's 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 clear something up here because if we're if we've got some people who aren't familiar with this story and if you're an american i don't know how you're not familiar with it but we have people joining us we've got somebody from queensland australia joining us this morning uh we've got other people if you're not familiar with this story blm does not mean black lives matter it means bureau of land management let's clear that up and then second what we're talking about is these unconstitutional agencies, and I, I love this term, the Fed coats that uh, Carl gives, that these Fed coats that are coming in usurping the Constitution, one, for land, two, for control of that land. They call it management, but they're trying to control the land, trying to claim they own it when the Constitution says, no, you don't. Um, and they're coming in and doing that, and then they're planning a hit on Americans. Okay, they're planning. That's what this was. This was the the reason there was a call that went out, and I can still remember it when I was writing at Freedom Outpost at the time. There was a call that went out all across America for for people, anybody, to come and help the Bundys. They had put out that call. They saw the snipers. They knew what was said. They seen the cameras that were set up. They knew what was being set up, and I I can remember feeling such. Um, I don't want to say, it's not pride, but I was, I was uh, elated to see that people from all over the country were traveling from each state. They were getting together. There were uh, particular militia groups that were gathering together, and they went out there not to go in there with high testosterone and say, well, you boys better get off here or we're going to be start shooting. No, they went in there. They found out what was going on. They had a plan. They got together. They wanted to protect the family. They set up around. I remember seeing the images of several of the guys, you know, setting up in different positions, uh, always constantly watching in things. And then there were people who was who were obviously speaking back and forth with the Fed coats. Uh, you know, trying to keep things, you know, calm and not let them escalate when you got a guy like, uh, Dan, I believe the guy's name was Dan Love, who was in charge. Right. That Even the feds and the sheriff didn't want any have anything to do with because he was just, he, he was just an evil, wicked man. Um, and they wanted to try to keep things calm. They didn't want things to get escalated. And so behind the yeah. scenes, unbeknownst to you guys, they're wanting to basically kill everybody who's out there and, uh, and take that yeah. land. Tim, you have to. I got to tell you, it was even far more heinous than than what you're referring to. I, I'm privy to all this because well, I was at Malheur, and I'm I'm I work with uh, Ryan and Ammon Bundy, and I and I, I work at the ranch, the Bundy Ranch, every so often, even in recent times. 
and Paul Fields and work with the cattle and all that stuff with, with Ryan and Cliven. Um, but I got to tell you something. You want to know how heinous this BLM is, how heinous the deep state is? The BLM goes in and they send the guy in to a ranch and they'll sweet talk him. And then they talk, they tell the ranch, hey, listen, we want to help you. We want to help you manage the land. We're going to make things better for your cattle. We're going to improve everything. We're going to use U.S. government money and, you know, like improve infrastructure and get water here or there. Or whatever. They didn't do it. And then... Once you once you sign the contract, once you sign the contract that yeah you want their services, you're stuck with them. <laughs> they 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 use uh, what's known as uh, uh, maritime admiralty yep. law, which is quote unquote contract law. Let's just make it simple. Yep. To get into the ranchers all over this country, okay? Um, they they own. A huge part of the West, anything west of the Mississippi, for all intents and purposes, own half of it is owned by the U.S. government. Now, let's talk about Utah, though. It's like 87%, not Utah, I'm talking about Nevada. 87% of Nevada is owned by supposedly the U.S. government and the BLM being one of the major agencies there. And you know what they do after you sign up the contract? First, they act like they're doing stuff for you, okay? And they make they make themselves look like really nice guys working hand-in-hand with the ranchers. And then they run them off the land by doing all sorts of stuff that destroys their property and destroys their grazing rights and all sorts of things. That's mm-hmm. how heinous the deep state is. And there's several other agencies that get involved in this, too. Like I said, the FBI, the DOJ, the DOJ sends in their U.S. government attorneys to, to, to put ranchers in prison. We've, we still have several um, constitutional patriot uh, political prisoners in U.S. government uh, political prisons sitting there languishing away. Some really good guys who love America and love all Americans and also, what they've done is they've done something to enforce the rule of law, to enforce the Constitution on our enemies of the Constitution, both Republicans and Democrats and their deep, deep state demon spawn, you know, of the deep state and the federal alphabet soup agencies that are explicitly prohibited from even existing in the first place, according to the supreme law of the land, particularly the 10th Amendment law. Everybody needs to read the 10th Amendment and understand that that applies to Article 1, Section 8, where it has 18 things, only 18 things that the U.S. government, Republicans, or Democrats are allowed to spend money on. They're not allowed to spend money on anything else. They're not allowed to talk about anything else. They're not allowed to vote on anything else, (laughs) except for those 18 things. And that's why the Supreme Court ruled that there are no taxes on Americans because we and our states need all the money to take care of our people because each state is a free, independent, and sovereign nation under God, divisible with liberty and justice for all. And that's why people need to read the Declaration of Independence. Carl, one of the things that comes out here, we've got a question in the chat, the uh, was asked, did, did Dennis Michael Lynch, did he help in any way to stop a first shot, shot being fired? That was a question that's from the chat. 
Yes, he did. I was right there. Uh, in fact, I was alongside of Dennis Michael Lynch for a big part of that whole thing. And uh, <clears throat> when we got to uh, under, to the wash there under the bridge, there's two, you know, we've got I-15 North and I-15 South. And they were on I-15 South, and we were at I-15 North, which is about 300 yards difference. And uh, it, the echo was so bad that it was pretty hard to tell what they were saying. I got bits and pieces of it in the, you know, but uh, Dennis Michael Lynch, um, he walked right up to him and he said, are you going to really shoot these people? Cause he, he could tell a few people could tell what they were saying that they were authorized to use lethal force. And we kept moving towards them initially with just the, the people on foot. And then later with the, the people on horses. And, uh, so Dennis got ahead of all of us and uh, went right up to him. And uh, I think he, he, there's good chances he saved a lot of lives because we found out some stuff later on. Uh, there's real strong circumstantial evidence. They had intentions of slaughtering uh, everybody that was there. And, uh, and How many people you, were walking with you at the time, Brand? Would you get this? Uh, it actually, they actually were able to count every single person from the air. It was 470 people. And out of that 470 people, I think there was um, like 70, 80 armed people, and maybe a third of them had long rifles. But most of them, but most of them were not um, walking with you. They were all strategically placed. Uh, were, were, were no, most, most of them were walking with us. Now, if you want to get into the people oh, yeah, sure. place, yeah. they were, and uh, I've always been really tight lipped about this. I'm not going to tell you which uh, organized militia, unorganized militia they were, uh, because I don't want to bring that kind of focus on, but we had the guys up there on the bridge, which Eric Parker, Stephen Stewart and that bunch, but underneath those, the uh, northbound bridge in the tunnels, there was about two dozen, heavily armed militia people with, they almost all had, because I spent a lot of time with them um, prior to them. They went up there like over an hour earlier to get into those tunnels. And they mostly had semi-automatic 308, scope 308. They did have 150 caliber BMG and they did have one 338 Lapua. Now, between that and between Deputy Sheriff Tom Roberts and uh, Joseph Lombardo, uh, which Joseph Lombardo was actually a pretty good guy at that time. They stopped that whole thing. Now, now Joseph Lombardo was a sheriff at that time. No, he was a deputy sheriff. Uh, oh, it, a deputy sheriff. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the 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 actual sheriff, uh, he vacated the premises after he said we could go get the uh, cattle. I can't even think of his name offhand. But see, that's why we started putting everything together because when we got up there, here was. Um, you know, even even the um, Metro, the Sheriff's Department, was coming in mass, which was very odd. But uh, what really, if you watch all those videos, you'll see Dan Love look off to his right. And there's one video where you can actually see the barrels coming out from the, the tunnel on the right. And he goes like this. He's looking up at him. He's going, no pointing rifles, no pointing rifles. And that, it de-escalated real fast after that because they were in a kill zone. <laughs> They were in a kill zone. They knew it. They had no place to go. Yeah, I, and that's you know that's <clears throat> that's really. Hang on a second. That's that's really good to know because 
you know, they come in with the forces, <clears throat> and what we were covering, um, I, you know, I was estimating there was 300 just looking at there. I want to remind people, too, that the Obama administration had put in a no-fly zone over that. And they had regulated people who were who were trying to protest at one time. They had regulated them this uh, free speech zone, which, by the way, folks, if they if they try to do that to you, that's all across the country. That's not some little place they set up. That's everywhere. The Constitution is supposed to protect those kinds of things, supposed to protect freedom of the press to cover those those things. The cameras were on them. The militia was there. The people were speaking all of these things, these freedoms that we have. We're at work here, and um, if you don't mind, um, this may be a little a little premature, but I want people to get the idea because here they were going after, and by the way, Carl, when you said they signed these contracts with BLM, we found out the BLM was not holding up their end of the contracts either. Uh, they weren't right. repairing the, the, the fencing. They weren't uh, taking care of things. In fact, they were doing the very things, in, um, you know, intentionally that they were accusing the Hammonds in Oregon of what they did. They, they started it intentionally, but obviously it got out of, it got out of hand and stuff. But they, they were doing the things that, that, that ranchers do. They were starting a, a backfire so that they protect their, their property, their, their animals, and things of this nature, so that when a fire comes their way, it doesn't, it, they get rid of the fuel for that fire to continue. Yeah, but, but the fire that we're talking about right now, they actually backburned there because the BLM was trying to burn down their ranch and burn their cattle. Alive. Well, let's let's let people see that. That's what I'm talking about. I'm going to bring this video up, and um, and we had this out at the time it happened. Um, can you guys hang on while I play this? It's it runs about nine minutes, but maybe we won't sure. play the whole thing. And uh, let me get this on here. I got my cursor. That's so if you guys, I'm glad you're doing that. It's it, awesome. It's what. It's, I'm glad you're showing that video. It's so important for the American people to see for themselves yep. what the state is doing to farmers, ranchers, and miners and burning down their homes. Well, and the, the interesting thing here, and I want people to keep in mind, <clears throat> this was done several years back. This was done uh, during the time that all this was going on. And um, you're going to see what the federal agents are. Now, keep in mind, people. These people are raising cows. That's your food source. Okay? It's your food source. This is what they're wanting to control. They're wanting to control the waterways. They wanted to steal the, the water rights from the uh, Bundys in order to control the water. If you control the water, man, you're controlling anybody who needs water, which is who? Everybody. So with that said, here's this brief video. It runs about 9 or 10 minutes. We may cut it off sooner. I don't know. But I want you to be able to see... And those listening by radio, you'll be able to check it out at sonslibertymedia.com when I archive the show later this morning. Um, here, here we go. Uh, trying to keep a smile on my face. This Hammond case really digs deep into the soul and makes you wonder what's going on. Um, I do need to give you a more thorough update, and I'll prepare that, showing how the due process was not due process at all, how there was a tremendous amount of corruption in its origin, tremendous amount of corruption um, in the indictment, in the trial, in the sentencing, and then, of course, the resentencing. And then even now, 
a couple things that I talked to you about before, about the sheriff feeding the information to the FBI. That has been confirmed again. Also, uh, the threats that were given to the Hammonds if they continue to communicate with me. Uh, they were confirmed that they came from the U.S. Attorney's Office and that his words were that the Hammonds, if they did not speak end communications with Ammon Bundy, that the Hammonds would be detained early and put in a less desirable pr prison, a less desirable prison. You have to understand the Hammonds are preparing to be gone from their family for five years. And Frank Papagni is threatening to shorten that period of time so that they can't prepare their wives to take care of the ranches when they're, the ranch when they're gone. Also, it means to Dwight, who's 74 years old, if he gets thrown into a less desirable prison, uh, he'll probably be abused to the point where he won't live. And so these threats are very real and uh, very intimidating to the Hammonds. Now I want to show you a video of a rancher that ranches uh, just a couple, a few miles from the Hammonds. Um, and it shows how the BLM cares about the ranchers and cares about the community. This uh, was done in July and the BLM started some fires in July. And prescribed fires are not done in July because they have all summer that they need to feed their animals on. And so basically the BLM were burning the rancher's grass. And as the video will show, many other things. I want you to understand also that this video was filmed uh, less than two weeks from the day the Hammonds were sentenced for starting a fire themselves. So here's the issue. We've got uh, the BLM went in and lit fire along the uh, hillside here by the dump, but there's nobody here. It would be easy with a couple of guys with shovels right now to put this out and uh, we'd have a good fire break, but when the wind hits it, it's gonna carry it right on along the hill and down to French Glen, which is right there. So and if it creeps away from the hill, obviously in the foreground, there's a lot of fuel. So it looks like it's set to burn French Glen and that's what they said they would do. So here and we go. So as you can see, they brought the fire right to us. It was uh, way west last night when the sun went down, it was dying down. Somehow overnight it ended up right here. It's pretty obvious that this is man lit. Well, I'm at Gary's Krells here, and uh, last night, well, nobody's around. They lit the fire right here close to everybody's houses, and we're going to have a hell of a lot of fire come evening.
They're not putting it out, they're lighting it. This is a bunch of bullshit, let me tell you. We're standing at the crells, and them sons of bitches started at the corner of the road where it leaves the pavement, and they're lighting that son of a bitch on fire all the way around us. They're going right down now. I'm standing here, me and John Whittle, you got a water truck and stuff, and the graders building a fire line, and they're building a fire all the way around us. Yeah. And it's a flaming. Upwind of us. Yeah, and we're all there. What smoke's coming right out? Well, John's taking pictures right now, and he said that they told him they're going to torture all the way around to the Seabar Sea Road, and Noose Wander's cows are fence cornered up down there right now. Gary lost 11 already. They're just about to burn that outfit up. Nobody's there. They lit the fire and moved right on. This is what they've got lit upwind of us. And pay attention right to how close they are to the properties of, of these people. Right along that juniper post fence and burn the fence up, number one, but then they're... Somebody ought to get his head rubbed in the gravel out there. They're going to continue right on to the west, sounds like, clear up past Leon's cows, so his cows are going to be wrapped in it here pretty quick. They're still lighting, burning fences, power poles, you name it. This is the fire that would endanger French Glen. There's still nobody around. This guy down the road told us he didn't have any resources to put it out. But down the road about two miles beyond the turn out of sight is at least a dozen pumpers sitting there eating snacks and whatnot. I got there determined they're going to burn everybody out. They're lighting it up here again. Got Jimmy and Gary and those guys uh, right downwind of where these guys are lighting fire again. We're heading trying to go help save the corral system and uh, get bail Jimmy out of trouble. Yeah, he said, I will arrest you. This highway is closed. Got I said, Well, I got to get on the other end of the fire. Where was you ain't going, he said. I said, well, we got to get over there because if you burn me out down there, well, yeah, Now, folks, that is domestic terrorism. That's what the Hammonds were charged with who weren't involved right in terrorism. Here. These BLM agents are involved in terrorism. That's down. what they're involved in. No place to go with the cow except in the krell. A lot of them are already burnt really bad from them guys lighting them and trapping these cattle in the fire. They trapped a bunch of them last night. And then they went upwind of us here and lit it up. So we're at Gary's Krells. Here's a cow that's been burnt really bad. We got these guys gonna light fire up from us again. They don't care where we're at or what's going on, but So here's what we got. Killed over 80 head of cattle. Burned some of the cows. Set the fires close to property and, and to the animals as well. And then said they didn't have resources. Said they didn't have resources to put it out. Well, what's the, what's the rancher supposed to do? It's their property. 
I need to add something to this one. Well, there goes the house. All right, we'll bring you on in just a second. Let, let's finish this up. It's got about a minute. Fire earlier. Destroying people's property. We're not talking about burning, you know, stuff up. that's growing there. Totally We're talking about destroying the people's BLM. property. This is the BLM. This is this is the federal government acting tyrannically. Why? Because the people allow it. They allow it to go on, and half the time, the people don't even know it. They, this is not reported anywhere. Somebody said this was arson. Of course it was. They set the fires and walked away in many cases. But they wanted to take Americans and throw them in jail for five years for, for doing the thing and controlling the fire. All right, with I'm that said, uh, whoops, uh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to make Ammon go again. <laughs> uh, Brand, you wanted to chime in on this. Yeah, there, what I got to tell you is really a bombshell, um, and I'm going to preface it by saying that um, – you know, you all heard about uh, the Hammonds setting a backfire to save their property. And uh, some of that fire allegedly went over and burned 130 acres of BLM land, which they don't own. And uh, the Hammonds actually own the grazing rights on that land. So they just burned up their own grazing rights, you know, uh, um, <clears throat> in theory. But uh, when I was at the refuge, uh, we eventually had two gentlemen come in that were outfitters and they uh, had a videotape. Um, the day that the Hammond started that backfire, they were actually out scouting, uh, I believe it was for antelope, they're outfitters, you know, he's a, he's a guide service. And they're in a position where they could see that valley and see what was going on. And they literally, and I was there when they testified to Ammon and Shauna Cox, that uh, it wasn't a lightning strike that started the fire. It was the BLM and yep. they, with drip torches, they lit a fire completely around that ranch. And then when the uh, Hammonds realized what was going on, uh, they thought it was a lightning strike and they started a backfire against it. Now those two outfitters actually contacted Papagni. Uh, and I believe he was the um, United States district attorney, federal district attorney, and said they had this evidence. Papagni, this is what they told us, paid them a visit and threatened them, threatened them physically uh, that uh, that information never got out, they'd be in some big trouble. So now Ammon actually videoed their testimonies. And when he got arrested, they got that phone, because he videoed it with his camera phone. They got that, and nobody's ever seen anything of it, and we've never heard anything from those two outfitters since. Well, I know we covered that, and I appreciate you bringing it up I, because I was under the impression there were a, there were a couple of different fires that they had, and we had covered that they had uh, one of them was lightning, one of them that they had set themselves uh, the backfire, which ranchers do, and then there was this story that came out um, sometime after you know it started gaining some national attention. Um, and, and so I appreciate you bringing that to our attention, Brand. Let me ask you guys something, cause we're, we're coming up on the end of the show. If we have to go over a little, we'll do that. But 
in both of these situations, whether it was Bundy Ranch or whether it was what went on in Oregon, and I, the things in Oregon were a, a bit different. I mean, it started out with some similarities, but it was done a bit different than it was at, at Bundy Ranch. Let's get to the issue of how the people are the answer here, because that's what I want to give people. People are all the time asking, um, what can we do? This is what I'm stressing. What can we do? What do we do? We know about impeachment because, okay, that's in the Constitution. We know about removal. That's in the Constitution for members of Congress. We know about those things, but they think in terms of their corrupt representatives doing it, and the people are just tired of waiting on corrupt representatives to do what they're not going to do, and so that's the issue of the militia. What were some of the things? We talked about uh, what happened at Bundy Ranch, the guys getting in there. They're obviously well-trained. They know what they're doing. They set up a certain way to get the feds to back down. What what about up in Oregon? What took place there among the citizens militia, the constitutional militia up there? One of you guys want to speak to that? Yeah, uh, I think it's real important that everybody understands the Constitution. Now, me, myself, and I, uh, I've just resolved myself. When I see something and I know it's wrong, I'm going there. And I think that's got to be the attitude of every single person. Because if you need somebody to tell you to get off your ass and go save America, save your posterity, you got problems. Okay, you're just not into it. So it, it to, to me, it relies upon the individual. It's really hard to get organized. Uh, we've seen it over and over again. Ammon's going through that right now, up there in Idaho, getting some organization together. Um, so you just, you just got to resolve it in your own heart that you're going to show up. Now, I got something to say that took place out there at the refuge, which uh, uh, Carl and I have talked about, and it's been all over the news, but it had to do with Uranium One. Now, one of the uh, self-imposed responsibilities that I had when I was at the uh, refuge uh, was to gin up uh, support uh, via social media for what we were doing. And I came across a, a Uranium One Facebook page where they were telling Dave Ward, Sheriff Dave Ward, get us off that refuge as soon as possible so they could start mining operations in the spring. Now, as soon as I saw that, I knew something else was going on. Uh, that had to be investigated. Well, as it turns out, uh, you know, the highest grade of uranium ever found is found on the Steen Mountains. And a sample of that was hand-delivered by Bob Mueller to the Russians. And, uh, you know, 100... That'd be U.S. US Attorney Robert Mueller. Yeah. uh, With the deep state that you heard of that investigated uh, Trump. It's Mm -hmm. that same guy who works hand-in-hand with the Clintons all the time and their ilk, and the rest of the deep state as well, which is, I'm telling you, it's evil. It's evil and corrupt inside and out from the top ranks all the way down to the lowest ranks. But let me continue here. The Clinton Foundation had already received a down payment of $145 million for that for that uranium. And uh, <clears throat> there was a program that was going on under Secretary of State Hillary Clinton. It was called, it was called Megatons for Megawatts. And uh, what they were doing is they were having the Russia nuclear arsenal shipped over to the United States, and they're enriching it with that uranium that came off Dwight Hammond's ranch. And uh, it was supposed to go to third world countries for, uh, to, for their power generating plants, okay? 
And uh, it, now at this point in time, I've read some things. I saw some things leaked out. There has been a trial that's been going on for some time that it never actually got back to the Russians. Now, what I'm going to say now is could be right, might not be. We'll just have to see in the future. But I heard a gentleman speaking. Uh, his name is Scott McKay of Tipping Point. And he said that uh, what they're doing is skimming some of that uranium off the top. And it was going to be used as a, a, a dirty bomb. Uh, and it was going to be detonated in the United States. And the signature on that uranium would be traced back to the Russians. And then there'd be a retaliatory strike against the Russians and with uh, against Iran. So now the people that went out to the refuge, Carl, myself, and a whole bunch of others, which I will not name here, uh, we went on faith. You know, we, we answered the call and we went on faith. And by golly, there's really good chances we saved this country and possibly a whole bunch of other countries from a nuclear holocaust. Now, when you look at it at that venue, that's how important it is for people to act. When they see unconstitutional Amen. things taking place, it's time to act because you don't know. You just don't know what you're what you could be contributing to this world and to this country. Now let's let's Amen. give a little bit more foundation. Uh at the time, as you well know, Brandon, you can talk to this a little bit, which you know. Um, but the Russian nuclear arsenal was aging and decaying at a far faster rate than anybody had ever anticipated. So their arsenal was in large part becoming almost utterly inactive. Okay. Well, that was made public. Uh, it was assault talks, strategic arm limitations talks under the Reagan administration. Uh, trust but verify. Uh, when we went in to uh, examine their nuclear stockpile, we found out it was inert. It was no good. Now we're going back to the Reagan administration. All right. Now, and, and I have no way of proving this, but I saw it with my own two eyes a few months afterwards in the back of the paper. They found out, the Russians found out that the United States nuclear stockpile was also inert. Now, Trump, about six months ago, when he was talking about the things that he has accomplished, he says we have we have rebuilt our nuclear stockpile. So here we were, uh, helpless, right along with the Russians. And the, but the the Clinton admit, or the Obama administration and Hillary Clinton wanted to arm them first. Okay? Yes, they did. Yes, they did. All right, can you guys hold that thought? We're coming up on on the end of the show here. You want to stick around for just a few minutes? Sure. sure. Okay. All right, guys, uh, you guys at Red State Talk Radio, join us on YouTube, sonsoflibertymedia.com or beforeitsnews.com. And tomorrow, guys, I'm sorry, you're just going to be stuck with me, Lord willing. <laughs> but I got lots of stuff. I got documents I want to get out. You probably will not see it on YouTube. Okay, I'm just telling you, you probably won't see it on YouTube. You'll have to go to sonsoflibertymedia.com, tell your friends. All right, because what we're going to do will get us in trouble on there. See ya. Okay, all right. Welcome to everybody who's coming over from, let me cut off the phones here, uh, from Red State Talk Radio. And guys, I appreciate you giving of your time to, to stay over a little bit. And uh, one of the things you guys are hitting on, because there was some other things when you took over this, I don't know, for lack of a better term, the bird farm. I think that's what Pete had called it, the bird farm up there in Malheur. You guys uncovered a lot of documents there that were pointing out the stuff you were talking about. Somebody asked in the, in the chat and, and Captain Carl, we've had this conversation too. 
where the um, they say, well, why do they want this land? Well, it was uh, it, both the Hammonds and the Bundys had land that was highly rich in a lot of different minerals, inc- including this uranium stuff. And I remember covering the Obama administration, everybody, if I guess whichever political paradigm you're on that uh, some people get caught up in, which we don't. But I, when I was covering the Obama administration, I remember they were taking our uranium, the stuff we had, even if I understood it, that they were, what did, what did they call it? Um, not de-escalating. They were taking our nuclear arsenal and basically getting rid of it and sending the uranium to Russia or sending these this stuff to Russia. They were breaking it down and then we were getting it to make for just energy or something along that lines. I forget what it was. But you guys uncovered some documents up at Malheur uh, as part of the militia forces there. What was what was in those documents that was tied to this? Do you remember that? Well, um, let me just, let me, just one second. Let me just say this real quick. When we took over the Malheur Wildlife Refuge, you know, and we, we were a militia, we had, you know, high-powered rifles and, and firearms and whatever. Um, we literally, just so your audience knows, we literally stopped the Russian mining operation by Uranium One at Steens Mountain, which is right there, right there by the Malheur Wildlife Refuge and the Hammond Ranch. We stopped them from mining the ultra high grade uranium. In fact, it was so high, they, they, they call it yellow cake marine, uh, uranium. It's perfect for making thermal nuclear weapons with a really high yield so we ended up we didn't know this at the time we just thought we were taking over we just thought we were enforcing the rule of law executing the seven constitutional laws that explicitly prohibit the u.s government from owning any land in any territory uh that's been transformed by act of congress into a free independent and sovereign country that we call a state That's what we thought we were doing and supporting the Hammond Ranch family from double jeopardy because of the double jeopardy that they put on them. Um, But we ended up stopping the Russian mining operation. If it wasn't for us, the American Militia Freedom Forces executing the laws of the Union at the Malheur Wildlife Refuge, right now Russia would have replaced their entire nuclear arsenal with new and improved thermal nuclear weapons of mass American destruction, okay? And that deal wasn't just made by Hillary Clinton. That was a deal made by the deep state. You're talking FBI, uh, the Department of Justice, you name it. These are evil people. They use Hillary Clinton as a negotiator, as a go-between to negotiate with the Russians, okay, and with Putin. And... uh, Robert Mueller, and this is in the papers, guys. I can we have yeah. articles from liberal ma- newspapers like the New York Times and other of that sort. We have newspaper articles uh, that that show uh, exactly what I'm speaking of here, and that Robert Mueller had actually taken taken uh, high grade uranium samples from Steens Mountain and took them over to the Russians and. And showed it to them and let their scientists, you know, take that apart and check it out and see if it was really, really that good for the Uranium One deal, where they're going to make new and improved thermonuclear weapons. To- yeah, most of that stuff was already out. Uh, 
we didn't find anything new as far as that goes, but there was one interesting thing that I'm going to throw in there. It's not quite on point, but it just shows, goes to show what this deep state is up to. There was another small ranch, which was right adjoining um, the Malheur Refuge. And I don't recall the gentleman's name, but uh, he was a horse trader. And what a horse trader is, they take these old horses, they do the best they can to fatten them up. Then they go and they sell them at Mexico um, for the people to eat. Okay, they're butchered and they're eaten. But when you get a 30-year-old horse, you can't hardly fatten them up. So, But they wanted his ranch. Now, this gentleman had bought that ranch 10 years before. He put $100,000 on it and had been making his payments for 10 years. Never missed a payment. Then one day, the sheriff shows up. They arrest him um, and take him to jail. They keep him in jail for 89 days, and they don't tell him why he's in jail. Now, that's Sheriff Ward for you. I mean, during that time, he had 500 cattle, or excuse me, 50 head of cattle, and Sheriff Ward's son actually got those cattle. They got the horses. They got everything. So finally, after 89 days, they let him have a phone call. He called a friend. He says, go liquidate everything off that ranch, all my equipment, and give it to an attorney and get me out of here. So after he got out, he comes over to the refuge. He meets us at HQ headquarters, Ammon Bundy, Ryan Bundy, and tells his story. He says, I don't know what's going on. Okay. Well, Shauna Cox, maybe I shouldn't use her name, but she goes and starts looking at the records. Here's what she found out. That ranch, and the, the, the lady that was carrying the property, carrying the paper on that ranch, sold it out from underneath him for millions of dollars to the Bureau of Land Management. There was a USGS survey on it. It is, it is um, one of the best, um, I'm trying to think of it, uh, oh, hydroelectrical potential plant in the world, right there, Okay. And uh, there was diamonds on it and gold on it. Anytime you find these uh, um, these uh, water sources where it's really hot water, I can't think of the thermal thermal water, uh, thermal springs, giant thermal springs. Spring. There's always diamonds. And this USGS survey that Shauna found, and that it was actually on a news that I listened to it. And the lady says, "I'm going to give it one more time because I've been threatened about this." And she had retired from the US. Uh, the USGS said, talked about everything that was on that little ranch. And those SOBs threw him in jail for 89 days, did not let him have a phone call so they could steal that ranch. And the lady is carrying the paper on that ranch, sold it out from underneath him for millions of dollars while he was in jail. That's absolutely, that's absolutely incredible. And here's the thing though. I, I don't know how does the guy get justice in this matter when he I mean if the guys are doing that in his own county if uh, if that's taking place he's got to help have some help from the inside the, the 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 sheriff who's doing that this this lady who's selling the the land out from under him and then you've got and the same thing you've got the Hammonds dealing with it. of course from what I understood once people got out there and saw what was going on in Malheur. Um, they were convinced it was full on communism that was going on there. I mean, there, it was, uh, it was real heavy handed, uh, tyrannical stuff. Basically the sheriff, I forget the sheriff's name who was out there at the time. You guys, Sheriff Dave Ward. Sheriff Dave Ward. Yeah, that's right. Um, that, that guy was nothing more than a puppet for those who were over him, uh, whether it was Kate Brown or whether it was the feds or whoever. 
But when we get to this stuff, okay, you're uncovering all of this stuff. It seemed like there was paperwork that I, and again, this has been several years and I wasn't there. So me reporting is a lot different than you guys seeing it firsthand. But it seemed like that they were uncovering documents that were actually showing what they were doing with the uranium. It wasn't just that you guys saw this stuff. They were actually, there were actual documents there. Am I, am I mistaken in that? Yeah, I'd have to say you're mistaken in okay, that. Okay, okay. It's been a while since I, I did it, so so forgive me, but yeah. I, I thought there was some stuff that came out from there. But there was some documents at Malia, right, that, oh, that yeah. were uncovered. What was in those documents? Well, here's the interesting thing. Uh, Shauna had compiled a, a stack like, see if you can see it, oh, bring it down a little bit, a stack about like this, a very questionable activities that had taken place to steal that land over the years. I'll go on all the way back to Teddy Roosevelt, uh, steal that land for the federal government. Now, uh, when she got arrested, LeBoy got murdered and the rest of them got arrested. Uh, they came into the refuge after everybody left and it was in her car and the feds got it. And uh, so the feds got an awful lot of stuff that uh, never, never did see the light of day. Now, uh, there was in there, in that, those documents, there was a copy of a newspaper article that was from right there in Burns, Oregon, or that county, um, about that uranium and that that high grade uranium off Dwight Hammond's ranch. So maybe that's what you're referring to. Now, later it came out that the sample of that was hand delivered to the Russians. Okay. That may have been in it also. And that might be what you're talking about. Yeah, it I, it may be, and but the thing I found interesting, and in, in that you just hit on it because I do remember that was this plan to get the land. That was that was what I was thinking about. Um, that this had been going. Now, the the obvious question is, what is this doing out at the wildlife refuge? What are those documents doing out there? Was this somebody just collecting stuff? Is that what it looks like? Was it somebody filing it in a file cabinet? What, what's going on there? There, it, all the documents were kept in two places at the, at. One was in the town of Burns, the BLM office right in Burns, and the other one is out at this refuge. I'm thinking the out at the refuge is for safekeeping. Uh, I don't think they ever thought anybody was going to go over and occupy it. The documents in Burns, uh, those were all shredded and burned. Uh, there was actual video evidence. Some of the people in town actually videoed that. Uh, they were all destroyed. Now, <clears throat> uh I got to throw one other thing in there, too. A lot of people said, well, you know, you guys did it all wrong. Well, the original plan, which was not privy to me at the time or Carl, was to actually go out there, protest and get and get uh, trespassed. And then we'd have standing to challenge ownership in court. OK, because in 1932, by congressional act, um, the Congress mandated that it be liquidated as soon as possible, and Congress invites adverse possession. So all we were doing is what Congress had, uh, by Congressional Act, had determined it needed to be done in 1932. So we had standing, had they trespassed us, and we would have been able to challenge ownership and return those lands back to at least the descendants, okay, of, of the ranchers that it was stolen from. Okay. All right. So hang hang on, Carl. Hang on, hang on, hang on just a second. Okay. So let's um let's bring it to this uh, because we could go down a whole road of of this information here. 
and we're trying to keep on on the militia. But these are things that the, that the militia was uncovering as they went in to do the right thing to protect the Hammonds. I mean, and and the land and the ranchers there. They, you guys had no idea you were fixing to get in the midst of an international conspiracy, as it were. I mean, you, I mean, really, literally, and it is really cons- we didn't. It, it is a conspiracy. There's more than two people involved, folks. You can call me conspiracy yeah. theorist all you want, but there was an actual conspiracy going on. So you guys go to to just do the right thing for your neighbors. You find yourself in the middle of an international conspiracy. Okay, we know that uh, Ammon and Ryan and Shauna and. <clears throat> And then Lavoie was killed there, um, and I'm thinking there was a couple other people that they arrested that day, and then they come in later, uh, I believe, I want to say Chris Ann Hall and Gavin uh, Syme was uh, uh, reporting on the last guys who were left that they were getting mm-hmm. to come out. You guys had trials. Uh, we know that um, what was it the 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 charges against Pete Santilli, who was just reporting out there, were dropped in Oregon. And we know that the Bundys and I think it was several other guys that they had uh, they were acquitted. So there was there was no guilt, despite Harry Reid saying that the people out there were all domestic terrorists and this that and the other. So, but there were a couple of guys who did who did face some jail time out there. Um, and uh, so there is a cost sometimes to do the right thing, whether mm-hmm. it's right or and I think it's wrong. Uh, even those guys who went in, into jail out there. Can you guys speak to that? Because I don't want people to think, oh, well, if I join the militia, all will be well. I'll be the solution, and and that's the end of it. And you, and they will be. I, I do believe that the people are the solution. Can you give people a little idea that there 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 may be a cost that's involved to do that as well? Yeah, that's for darn sure. Um, I can only speak for myself. Uh, when I went there, I had, uh, you know, certain expectations that it could have been a real possibility that I wouldn't be leaving alive. Uh, and in all fairness, at my age, um, it, it's a lot easier. And I talked to Ammon and Ryan both about this. And I said, you know, you guys got families to raise. You got a bunch of kids. Uh, you know what? I'm, I'm embarrassed by my uh, generation that we're not taking the lead on this. Uh, and and I want to say that to everybody that's my age or in that uh, bracket, you know what? You guys uh, dropped the ball. We dropped the ball a long time ago. We let this get way too far. You know, uh, we have a window of opportunity in our lives to actually do something beneficial for this country. And if it requires our life, then so be it. It wouldn't be the first time somebody had to lay their life down for freedom. Amen. And let's try to take some of the pressure off of these younger people that, uh, and, and, you know, I'm not going to tell any young person, if you know, you can't come out. No, I'll welcome them uh, with wide open arms, which I did out there. But it all boils down to the individual wanting to do the right thing and realizing you might pay the ultimate price. Right. Yeah. Carl, you know, I got let me Let me just go back because this is so critically important to what we were talking about just a few moments ago. And that is the fact that the FBI and the DOJ sent FBI agents and raided a whistleblower's home and residence. He was going to spill the beans on Uranium One and the fact of the dealings that they had with Putin and Russia, Russia, Russia. They raided his home and took everything out, his computers, all the information, source documents regarding the Uranium One deal. That is how serious this Uranium One thing is. And... um, 
Tim, I sent you an article on that. I think you should put, uh, or maybe even two articles on that. I think you should put it down below on your when you you know when you put this on your site. Yep. Okay. Uh, lead them to that article because the fact is the U.S. government and the deep state literally arrested a whistleblower from the deep state who was blowing the whistle on Uranium One, Hillary Clinton, uh, Robert Mueller, and all those and all those people. Um, trying to sell ultra high grade uranium from Malier from the Steens Mountain, you know, to Putin, so that they could uh, make mass yield uh, thermal nuclear weapons. Uh, so I think that's critical. Yeah, I'll do that. Uh, I had reported on it, but all that's at Freedom Outpost. I, I don't even know how to. I can't. They, they put in some kind of yippy search engine and you can't and that's literally the name of it that you can't find squat with so I'll, i'm wanting to go grab all my old articles from that that i had done because i don't even know I if have, i have my sons of liberty but i sent those two articles to you on okay Telegram. i'll get i'll get those off of there uh we have a comment though and i i just wanted to pass this along to you uh brand um let's see this is less thank you sir for taking responsibility you're the first i've heard say that from your age group uh, Thank you, Bradley. Brad, look, look and, and I, I know a lot of people mean that. Bradley's talked about uh, uh, previous generations dropping the ball, and and it, it leads to another generation dropping the ball. Uh, you know, I, I I guess I'm I'm the next generation behind you. I'm 51, so I, it leads to us dropping the ball, and we don't know because. Those who were before us didn't teach us how to pick the ball up. And so it's sort of a generational thing that gets passed down. It's got to be turned around by somebody. You're part of you're part of the solution, not part of the problem. I'm hoping to be part of the solution, not the problem. There are some people who come in the chat room who are younger than me who are looking to be the solution, not the problem, not to keep dropping the ball, but to pick it up and go. And so I uh, want to commend you for that. Carl, you too, because... Um, you know, you're working there with the people to to organize them to do the right thing. And um, so I, I just I want to uh, just thank both of you for coming on the show, uh, giving your experience as to what's going on there, telling people that, yes, you can prevail. It, there may be a cost. There was cost to our forefathers. Hey, there was a cost to Jesus Christ to go give his life on Calvary in order to save sinners. So it, it doesn't matter who you are. There, there may be a cost. Well, there is going to be a cost. It just depends on how much that cost is. But to do the right thing, that's the issue. To do the right thing. Um, so that others... Give, yeah, go ahead. I'm going to give everybody listening a way to do the right thing, to do an action, to help resolve all these things. Ryan Bundy uh, and, a, and a, few of, a few of his colleagues up there in Idaho started something called People's Rights. They have like 30,000 people across the United States signed on to uh, to this people's rights, okay? What it is is this organization will report out to people in your local area when the Fed coats do something that's against the law or the blue coats or the governors, whoever it is, is going against constitutional law and order. Um, And they'll, they'll send out you know, hundreds or thousands of people to any point in the United States to stop this lawlessness, okay? And these are just Americans. So my advice to everybody listening is to sign on to these, it's called People's Rights. 
and they will help to organize you and get you off to the spots where the where our governments, you know, especially the Fed coats, are violating the rule of law and the Constitution against people's individual unalienable rights. And uh, I mean, there, we've we've got several stories, Brandon and I, that we could tell you about uh, where the Fed coats came and kicked people out of their homes for something that wasn't correct or righteous, and so on and so forth. Courts working with the Fed coats to pull people out of their house and rip them out and, and raid them and so forth. I mean, this is going on everywhere. So everybody should sign up for the people's rights so that you know what's happening in your area and how you can help people who are being attacked by the U.S. government, by the deep state, or even local, you know, local, you know, we hear that they're shutting down Christmas now and we're not going to be able to worship Christmas with our own families anymore. Yeah, well, yeah, let's let's not worship Christmas, <laughs> but uh, but yeah. let's let's look. I mean, not Christmas. I mean, Jesus Christ. Yeah, Christmas. exactly, exactly. Well, here's the thing. It's in that case to me, it's a very simple thing. The people just have to band together and say, you know what? We didn't give you authority to do this. We're not looking to be ruled over by you people who are supposed to be working for us. It, to me, that's a simple thing. If people would just say, yeah, I'm not doing it. Um, I'm not following your edicts out here, and they do it together. But the people have become so. I'll tell you what. Tomorrow's show, you guys. I'm, and again, it's not going to be on YouTube, so don't come here on YouTube in the morning. Go to SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. Okay, that's where I'm going to be because I'm not looking to put something out from a bunch of uh, uh, George Orwell's 1984 Ministry of Truth, and that's what YouTube really is, and Facebook is going, is going right along with it too. But I'm not looking to do that. What I'm going to give you is the thing that will tell you, the one thing that you know is contagious and that is killing people in America is fear. That's the one mm-hmm. thing you do know it's going on. And the Bible tells us that we're not to fear that our king is sitting on the holy hill of Zion, that he's putting all of his enemies under his feet, and that should give you cause for courage, not fear. And so I want to address that then. This show leads up to that because even though we're talking about basically two different kinds of things, we're still talking about a lawless, tyrannical government that is trying to control the people to steal, to kill, and destroy even as the devil himself, who's behind a lot of these yahoos up there who are doing this, has done. But you know what? We have victory through the Lord Jesus Christ, and he has told us to go forward in his name. Now, there's no need for us to be fearful, guys. And I got to tell you, uh, you guys were, I don't know if you felt any fear, but you know what I've heard? Courage is that overcoming of fear. And so even when men tremble, when maybe they're frightened, they get over that with courage. And I, you know, I, I don't think probably there's been a man out there who hasn't trembled, uh, and yet they overcome with courage. Do you guys have anything before we go? And I want you to stay on, if you'll give me about 10 seconds to end the stream. Do you have anything that you want to say uh, before we go? Brand, I'm going to turn it over to you first. Any any parting words here? Yeah, uh, we can't forget uh, Lavoie Finicum. Uh, he paid the ultimate price, and he did it willingly. And he saved other other people's lives uh, by uh, distracting that uh, onslaught of uh, of uh, firepower towards himself. And <clears throat> remember, he was shot three times in the back with his hands up. So yeah, he paid <sighs> the ultimate price for us. Amen. 
You Carl? Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's time we can all see the evil and the corruption within the U.S. government. All that evil and corruption was done by repu electing Republicans and Democrats who have been violating the 10th Amendment law since 1913. And they created this evil monster called the deep state. If we don't stand up now, we'll lose America. And the founding fathers said, if we ever lose it, we'll never get it back. We have freedom and liberty today to some extent, although that's closing in real fast. We need everybody to stand up and, and do their part. Uh, so for one thing, at least join people's rights organization. And then Amen. Okay. All right, guys, I appreciate your time this morning and brand getting up super early this morning is out there <laughs> on West coast time. We appreciate you joining us this morning as well. Guys also check out tacticalcivics.com. That's David Zuniga. And, um, we've got, in fact, I'm going to be putting uh, a friend of mine from Virginia up in touch with you, Carl, uh, as far as he's setting up a, um, a militia there in, or he's heading up a militia outreach there in his county in, in Virginia as well. Guys, we appreciate you very much. Don't forget, tomorrow, not going to be on YouTube, okay? I'm just not going to be on YouTube. Sonsoflibertymedia.com. Pass it to your friends. If they're not on today, that's where I'll be, or catch us on Red State Talk Radio because of the nature of what we're talking about. And I want to let you know, we're trying... Saturday may be a really big show, and it may not be on YouTube either. Uh, Kate Shimarani, Dr. Kevin Corbett, Carrie Madej uh, may may join us as well, as well as Dr. Andrew Kaufman. I'm not sure. I'm still waiting to get confirmation on the last two, uh, but she seemed like she might be interested in coming on too. And we're going to talk about the rollout of these vaccines in the UK, uh, what's come out of them, and things of that nature. So um, be sure to tune in for that. That'll be 6 a.m., Eastern time on Saturday and uh, Lord willing, we'll talk to you in 22 and a half hours. Don't forget Bradley's on at 3 PM Eastern, same bat time, same bat channel right here till then. See ya. <laughs>